This is Clearstead's Investment Forum, where we hold quarterly discussions with allocators, managers, and other industry leaders on current investment trends and topics. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The ideas and opinions expressed on this show by its host and its guest speakers do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Clearstead Advisors, LLC, or its subsidiaries and affiliates, and do not constitute legal, tax, or investment advice, or a recommendation of any particular security or strategy. Any information prepared from third-party sources is believed to be reliable, though its accuracy is not guaranteed. Opinions expressed on this commentary reflect subjective judgments of the speakers based on conditions at the time of recording and are subject to change without notice. This education content is intended to inform and educate listeners about topics discussed and is not intended as investment, tax, or legal advice for any specific individual or specific situation. Listeners should seek the input of their own financial tax and legal professionals before acting on any of the information provided. Thank you in advance for listening, and we hope that you enjoy the discussion. Hello, I'm Joe Bouchel. In today's episode, we are fortunate to have Tracy Chadwall, founding partner of 1843 Capital, with us to discuss the current state of the venture capital market and technology for the aging population. Tracy, you have a very interesting background. Can you share your story and how you came to found 1843 Capital? Thank you, Joe. It's great to talk to you. And uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. It's always really nice to have more information about this asset class out there and, and we need to have more of it. So thanks. Um, just briefly, my background is that I started as an attorney and then worked in uh, merchant banking. When I came back, I was I was practicing law in Tokyo at Nagashima Nono and came back and did cross-border work, transitioned to Robertson Stevens, which some of your listeners may remember was one of the great technology investment banks on the West Coast, and then became a partner of Baker Capital, which was a billion-dollar growth capital fund that focused on telecom and started my own fund about three years ago, uh, 1843 Capital. That's great. So, you know, venture capital is a mill. It's Actually, kind of interesting. I mean, your story, you actually left the space for a while, right? You, you worked Good. and then and then you kind of came back to the space. Yeah. You know, venture is also sort of a male dominated business. Um, what can we do to sort of support women venture capitalists and entrepreneurs, but also have to give them the opportunity to sort of make career transitions during different parts of their life? What are things that we can do to make that a little easier for them? You know, it's interesting that you bring this up because we've had some recent statistics around uh, asset managers that are women. We, as female venture capital fund managers, only manage 3% of venture dollars and also to uh, female founders have only been getting, um, it used to be 2.7% of venture dollars. Now it's 2.2. It's going down, which is, which is astonishing. And, and thank you for asking what you can do to support. Cause I think that that's really wonderful, but, uh, we are starting to have more accelerators. We're starting to have corporations do return chips for women. So, you know, all of that are really good things, I think, but also to getting over the bias that making a little bit of time for your family, for men or for women should be a really good thing and that, uh, you know, everyone's choices, as long as they're capable, you know, we should be judged on that and not not based on whether we took a little time off. And I think, um, you know, obviously there's been a lot in the media lately about that and, and it's a good thing. So thank you. That's great. Can you share your, some thoughts on the current state of the venture market? I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of capital flowing into the space. Valuations are creeping up. Um, you're seeing an uptick in IPO activity with SPACs and things like that. And, and, and a lot of new technologies coming up, right? Um, oh my blockchain goodness. Blockchain yeah. or, you know, yeah. 
the, the, autonomous this, vehicles and stuff. Can you can you share, share some of your thoughts? And sure, of course. This is this is a, a hot button. We are in the golden age of venture. Never has it been more exciting to be or or difficult in a way to be a venture capital investors. And you are absolutely right. You know, in the first half of this year, we saw 155 billion dollars poured into venture capital. And you know, there's a reason for that. It's it's one of the most interesting and exciting asset classes. It's the ability to get into companies early. You know, before their IPO. And and now we we have have seen record IPOs and record M&A activity. You know, we've had a lot of changes and shifts in technology lately, and that's enabled a lot of new platforms and a lot of new solutions for companies where they can become more efficient and effective through technology. So that's why you're seeing all this money being placed there. And, and while, yes, valuations definitely are ticking up and, and we're seeing it become more competitive and more difficult. We're seeing hedge funds get into this space. We're seeing private equity players get into it. Everybody wants to be in venture capital now. Um, I think it's still about finding those inefficient markets and picking your places and you can still do incredibly well. That's great. And, and so and we'll, we'll probably touch on those markets in, 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 a, in a few sure. questions, but maybe, yeah. I mean, before we even get to that point, maybe what are some attributes you look for in entrepreneurs or venture capital companies before you make those investments? Yeah, this is, this is uh, in some ways it's very difficult, but in some ways it's not rocket, rocket science. What you really look for is the team, first and foremost. I mean, I think you'll hear a lot of investors talk about that. You want people that have experience in the space and that also were, are well-networked. Um, I think also one of the biggest things is, is there a real market opportunity? I mean, we talk about the global market opportunity, but then one of the things I really like to focus on is, are the dogs eating the dog food? Do the customers really want to buy this and at what price point, right? And that's something that's really hard to dive into. And I spend a lot of time actually talking to the customers. I mean, one of the reasons people like me as an investor is because when I come in, I can help them with business development because I've already been talking to their customers. I know what they want. And then we go out and target what the customers say that they actually need. That's good. Maybe some examples and, and some of the things that you guys have invested in recently, maybe just to give us some, some of our clients some ideas of, you know, what are some, you know, interesting areas of focus and of where the, the, the dogs are, are eating the dog food, I guess, for <laughs> analogy, so. Well, you know, we 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 have a, a very huge dog pack in the aging population. Uh, you know, I don't know if people are familiar about the what's happening with the aging crisis that we're having in this country right now, but it's, it's really incredible. And we're gonna be, at a point where we have so many more people that need care, but not enough people to give care. And we're also too living our best lives in our fifties and sixties and seventies and have this incredible pool of, you know, assets in, in intellectual capacity that has to be tapped as well in that space. And so we call it silver tech, but we've been looking into a lot of technology for the aging opportunities, um, you know, both in things like fall detection and caregiving, but then also too in looking at digital health companies that look at uh, aging as a disease as something that's preventable. Uh, which is really interesting. Um, and so one of the first places that we we looked when we said we really want to double down on this, this idea of aging is mobility, because um, at the MIT Age Lab, that's something that they focused on and, and developed um, driverless shuttles. So we invested in a company that does, uh, that has care drivers called Hop, Skip, Drive that helps drive uh, children and people who are aging and need a little extra care. And then we also invested in a company called May Mobility, which is really incredible. It's it's probably one of the only autonomous driving companies that actually is making money, which is uh, interesting. A lot of them are, other, are just based on their, their product development, but this one is up and operating in places like Annapolis and it's in, in um, 
Providence, Rhode Island, Indianapolis, Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, Arlington, Texas, and most recently and really exciting um, in Hiroshima, Japan, in a partnership with Toyota and SoftBank. So, you know, as people age, it's harder for them to get around and it's an essential service. And, and the uptick on both of these companies has been fantastic. So the dogs are definitely eating the dog food there. That's great. It sounds like the, la the last company we were just talking about, the autonomous vehicles, I mean, that sort of overlaps with another area that venture is sort of spending a lot of capital and is, you know, driverless vehicles, right? So, yes. I mean, what are your thoughts? Are you guys looking at that space outside of the aging population? And what sort of your thoughts on, on that, that market? And, and where do you guys think that evolves over time? Oh, my goodness. I, I, I think this is definitely where we're headed. I think it's also incredibly difficult. And, and you've seen this with a lot of the crashes that have happened with Tesla and, and you know, setbacks in, in terms of product development for some of the larger corporations that are going after this. I think it's definitely going to be a part of what we're doing. Um, you know, we've seen estimates between 10 years and 30 years for fully autonomous driving. Um, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not a technologist, so I would he hesitate to really put a hard and fast number on that, but I think it's the baby steps and gathering all the data. And that's one of the things that May Mobility, because they're actually on the road and they're in communities that have bad weather, because I don't know if you've read about the sensors, not being able to, to sense correctly when there's rain or there's snow, um, very, very difficult. And while you see a lot of these companies being based in you know very nice weather states like, <laughs> like Arizona and California, because then they don't have to deal with those hazards. But um, May's been able to operate because they do a closed course. So they're not on the highways and making a lot of left turns. Um, and they also too are low speed. They're only 25 miles an hour, but um, it is solving a real problem because people do need to get around in inner cities in an efficient, efficient and effective way, but heck also doing something for the environment too, right? By, by um, you know, going and not their individual cars and, and using electric vehicles. Great. And another area that you guys are investing in is in, in blockchain. And that's also another area that's getting a lot of interest in, in, in you know, maybe talk about the opportunities that there, does it overlap at all with the aging population thing that you guys have in place and just kind of share your overall thoughts on that market too? Yeah. Well, first and, and foremost, um, the people over 50 control 83% of the wealth in this country. So it, it's really extraordinary. So when you're looking at retirement planning or any asset management class, yeah, absolutely. We, we do have an opportunistic bucket in our fund as well. Even though we have a, a focus and a thesis around aging, we will do things that are opportunistic where they falls within our network. And um, one of those is the cryptocurrency space. Um, we were very fortunate to invest in a company called Avanti, which is a software and bank platform. And this is taking advantage of what is really a fascinating aspect of all the cryptocurrency and, and digital assets that are out there right now, because Avanti custodies digital assets and they're doing it for institutions, which is really a different cut on it rather than I think a lot, a lot of the things that you've seen out there before have been focused on direct to consumer. And this is one of the first that's really focused on the institution, which we, we think is the much bigger and much larger play. And is that in there you guys are still continuing to look to invest in or is it just more that you guys, the opportunity just kind of came about and it's a good place to put some money? Absolutely. I think that we still will continue, especially I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity and identity 
with mm-hmm. blockchain um, and we'll be pursuing more blockchain um, investment opportunities um, in terms of just investing purely in Bitcoin. I, I think that's tough. <laughs> you know, I think that's that's pretty speculative, um, but uh, I do hold a little bit of my personal assets in, in the space. Um, I certainly I certainly wouldn't go to 100 um, percent, but uh, it, it's an exciting place to be. And I think you do you do have to participate in it to some extent. And we found that investing in this company that's going after the institutional market and it is probably the the largest opportunity but also the safest now obviously one of your themes you, you talked about certainly is the, the over 50 you know target yeah. market from the demographic perspective and you mentioned experience is one of those traits that you look for for entrepreneurs i mean i think you and i did talk a, a couple of weeks back about you know aging the age of actually entrepreneurs i mean what sort of age of entrepreneurs are you guys investing with are these people that are a little bit more seasoned and experienced are you guys sort of trying to find the guy who's got the next big product coming out of mit or sanford maybe a little bit of color on on, on your thoughts about um you know experience of those entrepreneurs and, and maybe some color on and, and and how experienced they are yeah i think that um you know whenever we get excited about venture capital and excited about startups. We look to someone like Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook, but really statistically, the average age of a very successful entrepreneur is someone who's 48. And that is because they are well-networked, they are experienced. And to the extent that we are interested in backing um, new young founders with with exciting new technologies coming out of universities, We really love to see a good chief operating officer or a good president, um, good chief technical officer that will have experience and and, and a much more seasoned team and seasoned advisors around the table as well. You know, it doesn't have to be the primary person that has all the experience, but it certainly helps. And and we definitely have a have a preference for people who are who are more seasoned to have done it before. You know, the most successful companies in my portfolio are the ones that are second or third time founders. Yep. That's great. Thank you. And then, you know, you were recently named to the inaugural Forbes 50 over 50 women's list. Um, share with us a bit of that process and, and, and sort of how that worked. Yeah, thanks, Joe. You know, this this all sort of ties in because what we were talking about that we're starting to recognize that there is this brain trust out there and we're starting to recognize that people can do anything at any age. And, you know, I've been saying, you know, hashtag never too late, that it's it's all there's always time to to do your best work. And. This was really exciting because it was the inaugural list. So first of all, I'm so incredibly honored to be on that. And there were 10,000 people that were nominated for this and they chose 50. Uh, I was one of them. And I think it was a combination of the fact that I did start my fund at 52. Um, I did take a little bit of time off to, to be with my children and uh, and had this, this wonderful opportunity later in life. You know, um, And I think also too, the fact that we do focus on technology for aging, I think helped helped it too. But, uh, you know, we got a really great, some great names on the list. Like uh, people may recognize Mary Barra from GM, um, Kamala Harris, I think people recognize, I think people recognize Nancy Pelosi, uh, you know, and then uh, one of my um, all-time favorites uh, is Kathy Wood uh, of the ARC funds as well. So she's on the list. So I couldn't be in better company. I'm incredibly excited. I can't wait. We're going to get a chance to to meet all as a group in September, which will be wonderful. And uh, to the extent that it can be helpful to my business and expand my network, I'm all in. That's great. And congratulations again. I'm sure it's well earned. So. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Tracy. Um, This brings us to the end of our conversation. Yeah. We hope you'll join us again in October for our next episode. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much.
We appreciate you listening to ClearSeds Investment Forum. If you enjoyed the discussion, please subscribe so you don't miss our future episodes. To learn more about our firm, you can visit our website at clearstead.com or email us at info at clearstead.com. Thank you.